Welcome to Talking News. We are delighted to have you with us listening to our presentation by members of the Beach Street Center, Martha, Marion, and Jonathan. We will be reading local news and happenings from the community newspaper. Public Input Yields Many Ideas by Joanna K. Tuvelis. April 6th was an historic day in Belmont. It was the first public community forum to discuss the Belmont High School building project, which is currently in the second module, building a team for the feasibility study of the grant process with the Massachusetts School Building Authority, MSPA. The Beach Street Center meeting room was filled with residents interested in learning more about the project. The feasibility study will explore the pros and cons of three potential enrollment groupings, grades 9 to 12, 8 to 12, and 7 to 12. The grades 7 to 12 and grades 8 to 12 configurations offer support opportunities to relieve overcrowding at the elementary and middle school buildings. Each update, each option will need to be studied in detail according to Superintendent John Phelan. Dialysis Projects Inc. has been hired as the owner's project manager for the study and was introduced at the forum Diadalus. Diadalus was the OPM for the Chenery Middle School project when it was built. One of the representatives from Diadalus, who will be the project director working on the BHS project, is no stranger to Belmont. It's Thomas Gatsunis, former director of Belmont's Community Development Department. He started as the town's field engineer in 1983, then assistant town engineer, building commissioner, and then became the director of community development until 2004. From 2004, to 2015, he was the commissioner of the Department of Public Safety. The BHS Building Committee is now in the process of hiring an architect, which they hope to select in June 2017. I am very familiar with the site and the constraints we are going to be facing as we look at the project in its entirety, said Gatsunas. The superintendent, John Phelan, gave a presentation about the growing class sizes and enrollment capacity issue at the forum. 93% of kindergarten classes in Belmont are more than 22 students, he said. The student population is growing about 100 students per year. And this trend is expected to continue through 2025. The middle school 
and high school have the biggest space issues, he said. Jonathan? Fiscal year 18, water sewer rates will rise by Jack Kelly. The selectman approved Director of Public Works J. Marcotte's recommendation to have an increase of 2.6% and 1.8% for the water and sewer rates, respectively, for fiscal year 2018. Marcotte said the water rate increase is due to infrastructure improvements, including the replacement of water main pipes, while the sewer increase is a result of water quality improvements, the re replacement of pump stations, maintenance and repairs, and stormwater sampling. The smart water meter program, which will allow customers to monitor their water usage on mobile devices, uh, operations for improved customer service and revenue collections will cost $500,000 this year. The overall cost for the program is $2.6 million. Marcotte said it will take a year to a year and a, a year, year to a year and a half to replace all the meters. Up until last weekend's snowstorm, Marcotte told the selectmen that Belmont expended $984,000 to remove 66 inches of snow. This represents 250000 over the amount appropriated for fiscal year 17, he said. Marcotte said a great deal of this cost is for the contractors doing snow plowing and putting salt and sand in the roads after they've been plowed. <clears throat> we are allowed to pay for this coverage because snow and ice removal is something the town can pay even if it has not been appropriated, said Marcotte. He added, he expects a 5% increase in the fiscal year, fiscal year 18 budget for snow removal. Selectman Chairman Mark Palillo said, how we pay for the snow removal coverage will need to be discussed in a special town meeting. Jessica Porter, Director of Human Resources, said that the request for proposal to find a company to identify candidates for town administrator replacement resulted in one response from Governor HRUSA. The RFP included a requirement for an assessment center cap capability. The problem was that few <coughs> companies possessed an assessment center capability, and hence the number of companies that would apply was limited, said Porter. An assessment center capability includes, for example, having candidates provide presentations on various topics, participating in real-world situations and scenarios that they might encounter as part of the town administrator's job, and then have the company provide an evaluation of their performance. This contrasts, said Porter, with companies that would only conduct interviews with potential candidates and then make recommendations based on what they heard. Pellillo said he needed to rebate the hook and get more respondents. The selectmen agreed that the RFP should be revised with an assessment center as, as an option, but not a mandatory requirement to encourage additional companies to respond. They also decided a search committee should be formed that would include representatives from the selectmen, the warrant committee, the capital budget committee, the school committee, the planning board, 
the Board of Assessors and Town. Marion? Two new stores opening in Belmont Center by Joanna K. Zubelis. Belmont is becoming the home of two well-known Cambridge stores for kitchen and entertaining supplies and patio furniture. Diedrichs and Local Root will be relocating to the upper and lower level of one of Locatelli Properties' newly renovated retail spaces in Belmont Center, the former site of Macy's, which closed its doors four years ago. Jonathan Henke of Cambridge, owner of both Diedrichs and Local Root, hopes to be ready for customers by the end of June or early July for Local Root and August or September for Diedrichs. He started Diedrichs as an outdoor furniture store in 2004 on one floor of 190 Concord Avenue in Cambridge. He added tableware products and expanded into the lower level in 2007. The store began to outgrow its space in 2012, which is when he started the local route in a nearby location. Pots, pans, cooking tools, Everything kitchen, basically, is in local route. Diedrichs is home furnishings, tableware, and outdoor furniture, primarily, said Henke. Local route and Diedrichs will have one main entrance to their two-level store off of Leonard Street, as well as a rear entrance from the Claflin parking lot. We're not moving very far at all. It will be very convenient for our Cambridge customers. We have a lot of customers in Belmont already and anyone else coming from the Route 2 corridor and the North Shore, said Henke. In 2014, Henke opened additional locations for Diedrichs and local routes side by side in Newton at 2284 Washington Street. It's very convenient for anyone coming from Boston, Newton, Brookline, Wellesley, and also the South Shore, said Henke. I think we are best known for our customer service, fast shipping, our ability to take care of customers. Customer service is a big part of our business. Both Diedrichs and Local Route carry a lot of European and American brands. <coughs> We have a sweet spot when it comes to tableware. We are not extremely high-end. We focus on well-designed, quality products. Our key words for our product is form, function, and feeling, he said. One of the unique products Diedrichs offers is custom tablecloths made with a cotton fabric that has three layers of acrylic coating with colorful, fun patterns to choose from, cut it to size. It is fabulous, particularly with children, because it's a wipe-off product. Colorful, easy care, wipe clean, cut to, si to size table linens for indoor or outdoor use, said Anki. Diedrichs also has one of the largest displays and inventory of Chilowitz placemats. Knife sharpening is one of the services Local Root is well known for. It's an important part of our business. I do all the knife sharpening myself, which started in 2012 and has been growing, said Henke. For cooks, Local Root has a variety of pots to choose from, 
including a French line by Moviel, beautifully designed pots and pans from Alessi, Swiss diamond, non-stick frying pans, and Rosley kitchen tools. Martha? Panels to discuss sexual assault, titled Line. The Belmont High School Parent Teacher Organization will present Sexual Assault and Title Nine: What Every Student and Parent Needs to Know, from 7 to 8.30 p.m., April 26, Belmont High School, 221 Concord Avenue, Belmont, with near-daily news stories about sexual assaults, especially on college campuses. The Belmont High School PTO has organized a panel of experts to talk about the legal, social, and health aspects of sexual assault and other forms of sex discrimination that occur in connection with education. Presenters include Annie Lewis O'Connor, instructor at Harvard Medical School, director of C-A-R-E Clinic, Brigham and Women's Hospital Research Associate, Connors Center for Women's Health and Gender Biology, Wendy Murphy, Director, Women's and Children's Advocacy Project, Center for Law and Social Responsibility, and Adjunct Professor of Sexual Violation Law at New England Law Boston, and Ben Atherton Zeman, presenter on anti-violence and masculinity, whose work has been performed in 46 states. The event is free and open to the general public. A Q&A period for students and parents will follow. Jonathan? Project Okay to Replace Lanes and Games by Adam Sennett. One of Cambridge's most recognizable landmarks on Concord Turnpike will officially be replaced by an apartment complex. The Cambridge Planning Board approved a special permits requested by Criterion Development Partners to build a 320-unit apartment complex at 195 and 211 Concord Turnpike on April 4th. Some of the units will be classed as affordable housing. The site is currently the home of Lanes and Games and the Gateway Motel, which had been owned and operated by Tony Martinelli and his family more than 40 years. Criterion consultant Rich McKinnon said at the meeting last August that Martinelli was retiring, but that Lanes and Games would stay open until bowling leagues finish this summer 2017. This was the second of two public hearings on the proposed development since February. At the first meeting, residents and board members expressed concern about future flooding at the site. Project staff said during the presentation that the building is being constructed to protect it from flood as far out to 2070 as projected by a vulnerability assessment. McKinnon said that if an emergency were to happen and the roads were impassable, this new apartment complex would be better prepared than most in the area. I'm convinced that this building, unlike many of the buildings in the evacuated area, would be, the, would be one where the residents would return to dry, safe homes 
because we're putting the units up on the second floor, said McKinnon. There would also be installations down the road at the floodgates, said McKinnon. Even their cars would be secure in the garage. At that meeting, the, development all, the developers also quizzed on their plans to manage traffic, saying that they would spend $25,000 toward funding a hubway station near Alewife, 25000 toward a study of a bus or HOV lane for the Route 2 Rapses access ramp to Alewife Station and $75,000 toward study or design of an alewife bike and pedestrian bridge. Board members pushed McKinnon for more spending, me spending on mitigation measures. Board member Hugh Russell said he looked forward to seeing the building once it was constructed. I don't have any outstanding issues, Russell said. Louis J. Bacci Jr. said most of his questions were answered. And while he noted that the flooding is a concern and it does feel funny to think about improving something that could turn into an island and no one can tell when, he said, adding that he thought the developers have done everything they can mitigate these, for these problems. Steve Cohen said that if the site were raw, unzoned land, he wouldn't have voted to approve the project due to environmental issues as well as traffic and circulation. Marion? Opening day tradition. Mother, daughter, attend 27th consecutive Red Sox home opener by Lucia Arno Bernson. Opening day Fenway Park inspires hope for a successful Boston Red Sox season. For mother and daughter, Nikki and Michaela Hebert from Belmont, it is a special tradition. They have been at every opener since Michaela was born 27 years ago. Their first game was against the Detroit Tigers when Michaela was five months old. I went to games a lot as a kid with my Nana, and I knew that first opening game with Michaela would not be her last, said Nikki. And so the tradition began. For Michaela, Big Pappy was the first player she became excited about. As young as seven, she sat in the seat by pesky pole to score the games. It has not always been easy to make it to every game. When Michaela made Belmont High's varsity softball as a freshman, her first game was the same day as the Sox opener. She went to Fenway dressed in her uniform, stayed for a bit, and made it back in time for her game. In college, she arranged with her professor to miss a class to attend another opener. Challenged by distance when she lived in Key West, Florida for two years, Nikki's Christmas presents were the airline tickets to Boston. I am so grateful my mom started and maintained the tradition over the years. It wasn't always easy as a single mom. I'm sure taking off work, buying tickets, taking me out of school, but she always managed to pull it off, said Michaela. Both agree a special memory was the 2005 ring ceremony after the Sox won the World Series in 2004. Michaela remembers one game when she was around eight when, she, when the Sox were down by nine runs and the two of them left to go to the ar arcades across the street. 
They hit two grand slams and won the game. We never left our seats again after that, she said. Nikki recalled the brawl in Beantown, an unforgettable game in 2003 with Pedro Martinez and Roger Clemens as the Yankee pitcher. We stood the entire game. It was so crowded, she said. Martha? Belmont World Film to screen Where I Grow Old. Belmont World Film will present the New England premiere of the Portuguese-Brazilian co-production Where I Grow Old. The film is part of Transformation Belmont World Film's 16th Annual International Film Series that features films depicting significant changes in the status quo Antonio Igrejas Mellon Foundation lecturer in Portuguese at Wellesley College, whose research interests include contemporary lesophone African, Brazilian, and Portuguese literature and film in general, will lead a discussion after the film. Brazilian director Marília Roja makes her feature film debut with Where I Grow Old, in which two female friends from Lisbon try to put down roots in 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 Lis sorry, try to put down roots in Belo Horizonte, the heavy metal music capital of Brazil, but long for the familiarity of their native Lisbon, even when, while the music of Caetano Veloso tries to, do, to seduce them to stay. Everyone who attends will receive a complimentary pastel donata, Portugal's famous custard pastry, courtesy of the Boston Portuguese Festival, the Camos Industrias in Portugal, and the Consulate General of Portugal in Boston. This is the third of four films directed by a woman out of the nine films in this year's series, said Belmont's World Film Executive Director Ellen Gittleman. Not only is it a pretty remarkable increase from past years, but it also represents a much higher percentage of female directors than in the film industry in general. Jonathan? School celebrates Multicultural Night. Chenery Middle School hosted a free event, Discover the Chenery Melting Pot, a night of culture, food, stories, and film from our own Chenery community on March 23rd. The event theme was about increasing understanding of immigration issues and the variety of cultures in the community. Over 20 local restaurants and food shops donated international dishes to serve 300 kids and their families exposing participants to the flavor of over 14 countries and regions. After tastes from local restaurants and a dessert potluck brought by Chenery parents, families toured the world on a program that consisted of the following. Cultural demonstrations including Irish step dancing, dressed like a Pakistani, fashion selfie booth, pasta making the 
Italy, from from Italy, Indian spices, Hungarian folk music, Chinese calligraphy, Armenian lettering, and more. Two international film shorts about children who immigrated to the U.S. from Mexico and Afghanistan with discussion facilitated by Chenery teachers Dory Polizzi, social studies in English, and Aaron Ahern, French and Spanish. Immigration stories told by a Bolivian father and daughter and five Chinese students from Chenery. They presented a slideshow and told about their lives before moving to the U.S., what brought them to Belmont, and the challenges and achievements along the way. As they entered the event, attendees were given colored waistbands, wristbands, which were used to navigate through the program stations in small groups to allow for questions and discussion at each venue. Chenery Social Studies teachers, whose curriculum aligned with topics of immigration, spread the word about the event offering extra credit to students for attending. Polizzi and Ahern led discussions following the two film shorts, Seeking Refuge and, Seek, Seek and Ali's Journey from Afghanistan from the BBC Learning Zone and Immersion produced by Zarin Levian. Marion? Women's Club to host art performance. A visit with Isabella Stewart Gardner is set for 2.30 p.m. to 4 p.m. April 23rd, Plymouth Congregational Church, 582 Pleasant Street, Belmont. The Belmont Women's Club will present the event about the America's first patroness of the arts. Character actress Jessa Paella will portray the colorful Mrs. Jack Gardner. The drama is set in 1910, Boston, seven years after the opening of Fenway Court, the house museum Gardner designed and built to showcase her extensive art collection. Paella, in period costume, relates episodes about Gardner's circle of family and friends, relives journeys to different lands, and shares potentially scandalous encounters. An actor's reception with refreshments will follow this one-hour benefit performance. Martha. Thank you for joining us for this episode of Talking News. Please join us next week.